Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 393. Production time. How is that figured out cost-wise? Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and it's your lucky day because you've landed on another Boost episode. This is a new show format that I've recently introduced. A Boost is your chance to listen in while I address a current issue faced by one of your fellow handmade makers. Have you ever stalled in one area of your business where if you could just get past that block, it would open the path to new business growth? That's what this is all about to give a boost and clear the way for the next big move. At the end of the show, I'll tell you how you can sign up for your own free Gift Biz Boost. Today, we're talking to Gail Berardo. Gail's been in business for quite a while at this point, working it around her full-time job. Now that she's retired, she has more time to devote to build upon what she's already very successfully started. I love this idea of developing and working on your brand on the side with the intent of retiring into something that you love. We're going to focus on doing just that. Wholesale has been Gail's sales strategy, which she will continue to pursue, but she'd like to add direct-to-consumer sales into the mix as well. She wants to get out and interact with people. Towards that end, we get into a detailed discussion about pricing how to make sure she's set up properly for retail and wholesale. And you'll hear a strategy of positioning pricing so it fits with Gail's intended lifestyle moving forward, too. Take note while we're talking about how Gail, from the very beginning, niched down to a very specific product. This naturally directed her into her ideal wholesale targets and will also serve her beautifully for this next stage. Let's listen together as I give Gail a boost. Today, we're going to be talking with Gail Berardo of Eve Michael Designs. Gail, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you, Sue. I'm so excited to get into this topic. We're not going to tell everybody what it is yet. We're going to wait for a second. But it's something that a lot of people either know they aren't getting right, are struggling with, take a shot in the dark, like all this type of thing. So it's going to be a great one to dive into. But before we do that, share with us a little bit about your business, when you started, how you've evolved to where you are today. Let's go with that first. I started about six years ago. And I started immediately with wholesale. Now, after everything has evolved, I make little girl denim jackets. They're all embroidered and embellished and handmade flowers, hand-painted sections of them. And that's pretty much it. I also do adult jackets, more artistic and more painting. But my core thing is little girl jean jackets. And they're absolutely beautiful. You sent me a download of your wholesale sheet, so I got a chance to see your work. It's gorgeous. Thank you. 
You were alluding to that's what you're doing now. What did you start with? I started about six years ago thinking towards retirement. And so I thought about doing bows. To be totally honest, I have been in some kind of artistic thing forever. And I did a lot of flowers. I did bridal flowers, all of that for quite a few years and whatnot. And I thought, you know, doing little girl hair bows, which were so popular, might work well. So it did okay, but it didn't feel like it was going to be successful enough. There are some major ribbon companies out there and it just, I wasn't able to compete. So slowly it evolved to different things and the jean jackets have really taken off in the last three years. That's a great thing in and of itself is that you don't always land on what you want to do for your business right away. Exactly. You know, because part of it is what do you like working with, making, selling, you know, what energizes and excites you? Because if you start a product just because you want to make money and your heart isn't in the product, it's never going to work because you're never going to be passionate enough about it to put in the time. So true. Yeah. So I think that's great that, you know, you tested out a few things and you landed on the jean jackets. I Mm. love that. You've got a very unique and wonderful style and it's so oriented to children. So that's perfect. And I think that one of the things you have going for you already, there's a couple of things, but since we've already talked about it a little bit, is the fact that you've niched down to that. It is specifically children's jean jackets. Yes, you add in adults also, but your true focus is children's jean jackets. Yes, I've been lucky enough to have a few really good, they're high-end boutiques that the jackets are not cheap to purchase. Like they sell them at a decent price. So I'm able to sell to the wholesaler at a decent price and they mark them up considerably. Obviously, they mark them up 100%. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about that, (laughs) right? For sure. But so you have not had a lot of trouble getting into upscale children's shops. No. And it's been great. Yeah. So, I mean, you validated your product right from the start because you've got small businesses who want to buy it and sell it in their boutiques. So that's amazing. And so have you just retired now? Just months ago. Okay. So exciting. (laughs) It is. (laughs) And so care to share with us what your full-time career was? I was the executive assistant to the chairman of surgery at the major hospital in the Detroit area. Medical. Okay. And that sounds like you needed a lot of organization and coordination as skill sets for your job. Oh, yes. That's wonderful too, because that you'll be able to apply as you continue to build your business too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Share with me a little bit of how much time you've been putting into the business, you know, where it's been and how you've been servicing your wholesale accounts up until the point that you retired. When I started doing wholesale or my entire little business, I immediately went into trade shows, small local trade show that they have twice a year. And that was the way that I got most of my little accounts. So it was a trade show in terms of the people who were walking the show were boutique owners. They weren't customers. Exactly. And I also would basically cold call. I called many, many, many boutiques to see if I could drop by, show them some of my things. I had no problem traveling two hours to see a boutique. And I got sales every single time. Oh, wow. So in-person selling is good for you. It is. 
Yeah, it really is. And I have done craft shows 30 years ago for another product. So I have no problem meeting people doing that. So it's been good. It's been very good. And it's slowly, I mean, I'm in the Michigan area. I have boutiques in Florida. I'm in Indiana, Ohio. So it's nice. Yeah. It's worked out well so far. And it also sounds like the in-person, whether you're selling to wholesale, where you're walking in and they're getting a chance to see the jackets, I think really helps towards the sale, right? Completely. Yeah. And then you've done face-to-face to consumer, which is also awesome. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit too. What do you specifically want to target in on today? All right. So I know my boutiques. I know my product. All of my raw materials are upcycled. All of my jean jackets I buy used, I wash, you know, do whatever to them after that. I don't change buttons. I do change the label because it's my label. But that's part of what's important to me is to upcycle and be a little gentle on the earth. So with that, though, there's no guarantee that someone will buy when they purchase a jacket, other than purchasing a size, that I always tell them, you'll get the same look, you won't get the same jacket. I can't right. guarantee that, right? And it's important, again, most of my, all my customers are very happy with being able to do the upcycle, the recycle type of things. All right. Where are you finding the jackets? Often on thread up. I have hit every Salvation Army and used clothing. I try everywhere. Right now, I probably have a hundred little jean jackets in my workroom. So I constantly purchase so that I'm not low on my stock. And then after that, everything is made to order. So you don't run dry on jean jackets for sure. No. Although I have noticed that the pricing has gone up considerably, even for used jackets. When I first started, I could get a jean jacket for 5 to $7. They're up to 10 to 12 now. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of the economy right now, right? Oh, is it ever. And you need to apply that to your numbers as well. Unfortunately, we all do. Or you're not going to have a business. Or you'll just be churning the product and breaking even if you're lucky. Exactly. And that's not what I want. Yeah. So we want to target it on pricing, right? Yes. I have a simple question. It is, I sell my jackets for $35 to $37, depending on quantity. Wholesale. You're talking wholesale pricing right now. Wholesale. But when I want to go in-person, craft show, all of that, I know that my boutiques sell them for $70, $80, $90. Okay. Which is wonderful. But is it ethical or good business to undermine my boutiques? I don't want to go to a craft fair and sell them for $60 when I know that they're selling for $70, $80, $90. Yeah. But I also feel that my market for craft shows is not going to be as open to $70, $80, $90. I may be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah. You may be wrong, Mm -hmm. and I do think it's part of a strategy in terms of what your pricing looks like when you're selling direct to a customer versus when you're selling to a wholesaler. You had mentioned to me in some of the pre-information that you provided that you're also now starting an e-commerce site. So I think we'll talk about that too. So your wholesalers will see you and see pricing that you're offering to the general public. And we're going to cover all of that. 
But I think the very first thing is not as much from an outside look in what will the market bear, but we need to start with what should you be pricing at based on the costs of making and everything? Right. What are your costs initially? And from there, the numbers kind of lay out nicely. Okay. So have you ever done that analysis in terms of really looking at your product and how much it's costing? I call it build of materials. Yes, I definitely, I know. What's included in that? Included is the jackets, Mm -hmm. which I have at, I price them all when I'm figuring out my costs, all at $15. I thought you just said that you are getting them for five or $7. Yes, but I can't guarantee that. So if it's not always a guarantee, I feel that it's smarter for me to look at it at a $15, which is extremely high. That is the top that I will. I don't get any of them for $5 anymore. They're always about 10, 10 to 12. So 15 is not crazy. Then the material that I use for applique, for embroidery, for thread, for paint, I seriously break it down into every single thing. What I don't think I'm good enough at is my time. Okay. It takes a couple hours to make a jacket. And now don't get me wrong. I can batch so that I can paint five jackets at one time. You know, boom, boom, boom. Embroidery, there's no batching. I have a number of embroidery machines. So I can do two to three at a time. But I know it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like you should be able to throw it on an embroidery machine and walk away. There's no throwing it on and walking away. It's just not done. All right. That's all right. Okay. So that's pretty much. And as for shipping and whatnot, that is included in my, I charge shipping to my customers, to my boutiques. Okay. All right. So if you think of the jackets that you offer, some of Mm -hmm. them have the, we call it an applique, and then it's embroidered around the applique. Some of them you add a little bit of paint in, et cetera. And flowers that I hand make. Yes. That you hand make. Oh, I got to look at that. Okay. (laughs) All right. So if you were to, just a gut feel now, okay. If you were to think of, let's just say five jackets that you make or 10, you tell me which is better. Well, we could double it. So let's just go with five. What percentage are those different types of jackets? Because obviously production is different for each of those. So if you were to sell five jackets, Mm-hmm. If you think of all your sales, so not just a single shop, but all your sales, and right. I know this is just a gut feel, how many of them have those handmade flowers that are applied versus applique versus paint and stitching? I would say 60% have, have handmade flowers and lace, but the handmade flowers, yeah. All of this, because it is little itty bitty baby jackets or children's jackets, They're all very small amounts. So when I make handmade flowers, I am able to make 100 or 50, and that will last a lot. (laughs) I will put three or four on them. And I do, I think what I sent you didn't represent front and back. I do front and back. No, I see front and back. I see front and back. And I'm looking at the fairy ones, which is probably, those are your handmade flowers. Okay, so you're batching. So that's good. You're batching. These are so pretty. You're batching some of that. Okay, so let's stick with this in the pricing idea. So if we were to talk about, let's just go with the percentages. So 60% include handmade flowers. And then where's the other 40? How does that play out? 
the other 40 will have just paint or they just some of them will have like my little sailboats how many would have just paint just paint none okay. none have just paint uh they will have just embroidery but no flowers no crystals no rhinestones how much would be embroidery only 20 percent, maybe okay and so then the other 20 is embroidery and paint yes Okay, an idea for you in terms of figuring out production. And you might actually have to physically do this, <laughs> you know? Okay. But if you were to make, let's say, because you can batch, and when you batch, are you batching not the individual elements, but when you're actually putting it into a jean jacket, are you batching three at a time or how many? Oh, I batch only the paint that I will put on it. So if you'll notice some of the corners or whatever, there's paint like medallions or whatnot. I will batch that only. Each jacket I do individually up to embroidery. I have to do individually. I can't really batch them. And as for doing the lace and the flowers and the rhinestones, I usually do them. I can do two at a time, but that's about it. Can't batch big time. Okay, so we're back to then really, you're batching certain elements of the production as much as you can. As much as I can, which is not a lot. <laughs> okay, so then, because where I was trying to go with this is mm -hmm. how much time does it take when you have the handmade flowers versus the embroidery only versus the embroidery and paint? See where I was going with that? Yeah. And then I was trying to, let's say handmade flowers was two hours because you referenced that earlier. But embroidery only per jacket is one and a half. The embroidery, an entire jacket is about, I would say, embroidery only per jacket is probably about an hour. Okay. By the time doing all of the stuff to it. So, and is it true then that the handmade flower one is double that, two hours? The handmade flower one, actually, no. I mean... I suppose if I took, I don't think about that at all when I'm actually making a jacket because I've made the handmade flowers always ahead. I have an entire containers filled with them. All of the additional embellishment really only, it takes about another hour because not only I don't just glue it on, I then hand sew it on so that if a parent, which I'm assuming most of them will, need to wash it at some point, the flowers won't come off because they're only glued. So I glue and stitch all of my stuff. So let's call that production one and a half hours. Okay, that's good. Just for, to put something on paper, you know? And then what about embroidery and paint? Embroidery and paint, painting, if I, my batch, I can do quite a few in about an hour. And then you go back and embroider on top of that. Then I go back and embroider. And a lot of this is in stages. So the paint I do one night or one day go back the next day, do the embroidery, and then finish it up later that day or the next day. So two things, and this may be something just to think about as you're doing production, because mm -hmm. these might not be the right numbers, but right. they might be, you know, so it's somewhere to start, you know, like if you have a number on paper, then you can say, yeah. okay, true or false, you know, but at least you're starting with some type of a target. So based on the conversation that I just heard from you, embroidery only takes about an hour all told, given the batching and non-batching and whatever you're doing. And then mm -hmm. the embroidery and paint and your handmade flowers takes between an hour and a quarter to an hour and a half. Yes, that's good. 
if you were to try to separate them down just to their own elements, right? Right. Correct. Okay. So currently you're pricing Mm -hmm. at a single price to wholesalers, right? Correct. This is just food for thought. You might want to consider your embroidery only to be one price and the others that have more embellishment to be a little bit more because your production time is more. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Just a thought. If you don't, then I think if you decide no, I want to just price everything and make it easy and everything one price, then you can make more margin on your embroidery only and a little bit less on your other ones if you were at like one and a quarter hours for everything. So that could be, that's a decision point for you. And only you know how you feel about doing that. But it might be nice, especially if they're, to have those two offers, you know, like more the standard Mm -hmm. embroidery and then the one that's a little more embellished, because I think you might be leaving money on the table if you price it all at the same. And you also might be losing some wholesale or retail as we, or direct to consumer, because as we talk about that, because you don't have another option for them if everything's priced the same. Okay. Right. I understand. Yes. Okay. So that's production. So we're talking either for a production price, having two different prices of your production costs, which ultimately end up being a different sale price or averaging it at like one and a quarter. If you, in the end, decide that that's right for production. Okay. Right. Okay. And so those are the elements that you're currently including in your price, right? Correct. Yes. Okay, let's go back and I want to review this for a second. I know with the cost of your jackets, you're saying 15 and giving yourself a buffer there. I would rather you look at your, like as close to possible as your real costs as you can. So I would bring that down to 10, okay? Okay. And you'll hear why in a second. Then something that people forget to add into their costs is acquisition of that product, okay? So if you're buying and they're shipping it, and you're paying for the shipping to come to you? Yes, I buy enough every time for free shipping. Perfect. Okay, so that's fine. What about if you are resourcing locally and you're driving to get it? Yes, now that's something I don't take into consideration. Okay, so yes. you could, you know, depending on how much of that you do, you might yes. want to consider that. And it might be, you know, you pick up 20 jackets somewhere, averaging all of that out it might only be like a quarter you know like 25 cents but you want to make sure that you're thinking about that as a line item of how you build your pricing because if ever where you're getting the jackets decides we're not doing free shipping anymore then you're going to have to think about that as in relation to your price right you're right so i would do your jacket at 10. right now it sounds like acquisition cost isn't really that much no but consider it also what about the cost of back to materials, because we didn't finish up on that. The paint and the thread, like you've got your jacket, it's 10. What's your other costs? My other expenses, what I paint, embroidery, thread, the way I break it down is the cost of the jacket, then the paint, which I have, like I said, it depends on what I'm uh, doing, but paint I put at a dollar mm-hmm. per jacket, which is, again, it's really only it's pennies. It couldn't be more than Yeah, you want to put it in, you know. I do. Okay. The embroidery thread, again, you get a lot of embroidery out of a spool of thread. Um, so I consider that a dollar also. Now, if I do any 
heat transfer, which I do very few. I do it for a specific customer when I make specialty jackets or specialty t-shirts. I can that I add it three dollars because it's it's a pretty so that's a special thing. that's a custom priced product. So we yeah, we won't worry about that for yeah. today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then your flowers. And my flowers are probably twenty cents each. And I put so probably sixty cents to a dollar. Okay, so we'll just say a dollar. Let's just round it all out to a dollar for that. Okay, production time we've talked about. Then I want you to think about margin for you. Okay. And the margin portion is the money that you're going to be able to use to reinvest in running your business. Exactly. We're talking about putting up a Shopify site. Mm -hmm. Any an email program, paying for entrance in craft shows, materials that you need, just like paper for your copier if you need that. Yeah. All of those things have to come from somewhere. And if you don't build them into the price of the selling of your product, where's it going to come from? Right? Exactly. Yes. And then money for you, right? Which is partially production since you're making because you're reimbursing yourself for your time in. But you also should have some upside on top of that because you're not just your time either. Yes. You want to think about that as well. Just a little bit on the top side of every single product you sell. It might be $2. It might be $5. That's something we can get to in a second. But you should have that as a line item. So to review, when you build up a price, it's the cost of your materials for you. It's your jacket, the paint and thread and fabric, any other enhancements that you use. Then that's one. Two is acquisition, which we're saying right now is kind of minimal for you, but you want to keep that in there. Exactly. Third is production time per piece. And this is never going to be exact, obviously, but you can get it pretty close. Right. And then margin, which includes running the business and a salary for you. You could even break out margin as business expenses, like overhead, and then payroll or you know, like however you want. But I'm just making it simple and saying margin is two things. It's number one, acquiring money to run the business and then also a salary for you, which is separate than paying yourself back for producing the product. It's in addition to that. Now, production time. Mm-hmm. How is that figured out cost wise? Perfect, because you're leading right into what I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> the way you want to think of production time is how much would it cost you to hire somebody in to produce the product instead of you? Okay. Now, obviously, you're the designer, you're the creator. To truly pay for your time, you would be more expensive than someone that you would be bringing in, training them to do any of the production. Correct. But this is the way that to really zero in and decide a cost per production. I mean, Gail, seriously, you know, if you start growing too much, you doing them yourself are limited. No matter what you do, there's only a certain number of jackets you'd ever be able to make. Yeah. There could come a time, and I know this is a business you're retiring into, so you can judge how mm-hmm. big you want to grow it. Exactly. But you might make the flowers and let someone else run some of the embroidery machines or do some of the painting or do some of the packing and shipping or something yeah. like that, you know? My least favorite thing in the world. Yeah, portions of it. It's not like they'll start making the jackets. They might. Right. So this also helps set you up. So that if you do want to grow, you've got the money to pay that employee. But because you've put money into the margin, you're also paying yourself. See how that all together? 
Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So if we were, and you'll have to, after we're done talking here, go back and decide if you like these numbers and you might adjust these mm -hmm. numbers, but this will help us mm -hmm. get to a real true cost for you with business development and overhead and all of that. All right. So let's say your jacket is 10 because we've averaged it at 10. Mm -hmm. Let's say acquisition is, I want to put a number in there. So let's say 50 cents for each piece. Okay. Okay. Then your time, again, this is a decision point if you want to break it into two prices or not, right? But okay. your yeah. time, I don't know. I like to use a base of $15 an hour. Okay. It's way okay. underpricing you. But if you price your time too high, you're going to overprice your product for the market. Exactly. Yes. So how do you feel about saying 15? Yeah, that, that'll work. Okay. So remember, if you decide to go with two prices, your embroidery only jackets would be at 15, but your other two would be at 22, right? Because you're saying one and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. Now don't freak out as we build this up, but let's just put in, <laughs> so let's back it up and let's say you're only going to go with one price. So let's average it between the 15 and the 22, let's say 18. Okay. Okay. So that's 18. And then in terms of margin for you, let's put it at for each jacket, I don't know, $2, 250. Okay. But let's do 250 because then we're going to end up with a good even number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 11. So that's, is that right? Let's see. Okay. So we are at $31 if I did my math right. Yeah. $31 a jacket is your cost. Oh, okay. To produce a jacket. This might be like a reality hit. Well, when I'm selling them for 35 or 37, that is. Okay. Well, hold on. Just, this is just a number to know. Okay. Yes. Okay. And one way, and have you, have you heard of benchmark pricing before? It's been so long since I did anything with sales. It's been a long time. I know the word, but I don't know. Okay. So what benchmark pricing is your cost to produce the product and then okay. normally what you do is you double that when you go to wholesale and then you right. double that wholesale price again to get your retail price. And you would pull out the 250, let's say. You don't include your margin in here because your margin comes in when you're doubling. Right. Okay. But then that puts you at 15 or, or let's see, 2830. So it's pretty much or 2850, I'm sorry. So this is giving you kind of a look at really what your real costs are, because probably you haven't been thinking about your production time before in terms of paying for it and charging for it. No, I haven't. That's exactly what over, like that's 28 is the $15 that I have been thinking that it's about, yeah. <laughs> so hold on, if we were to run this knowing these numbers, because mm -hmm. there's another step here. So it would be 2850, 57, mm -hmm. and 114. And what these numbers are is 2850 is your cost to produce. 57 would be if you're going to follow the benchmarking, what you would sell to wholesalers. They typically would double that. Exactly. And as mm -hmm. would you to sell direct to consumer at 114. Okay. I can't imagine someone being willing to pay that. And I like my work. <laughs> That's a lot.
Yes and no. I mean, it depends. You're already talking upscale boutiques. I am. Okay. So, so now there's other ways to work with these numbers. You're the business owner. You can decide what your numbers are, but these are reality numbers based on the conversation we've just had. Okay. So here's where you can play with this a little bit. Mm -hmm. There are different ways to get these numbers down. Can you acquire jackets? Not at 10, but at nine or eight. And you said you used to be able to get them at five. So is 10 really the number even? If you really look at it and average it all in in today's day and age, it might be. At 10, definitely. Um, There's the odd one that I can get. I start, there are a few that I can get less, but in general, there are a few that I have to get at 12. So this is another thing about pricing. You never, ever, if you get a big deal, like that you've made your pricing and it's based on the $10 a jacket as that portion of your price. If you get a deal and you're able to get 50 jackets at five, yeah. don't lower your price. I don't lower my, never. I don't, I don't ever. Yeah. And now if you want to make us have a sale, a certain type of a sale, that's fine. But you stay with your higher level price, right? Right. Okay. Right. Well, and I give the discount to wholesalers with, if they buy five or more, then yeah. I will lower the price. Uh, and when I'm at a trade show, if they order that day, I will give them a deal for that day. Right. Right. That, mm-hmm. you know, well, and well worth and doing that because when people walk absolutely. away, your probability that they're going to come back and actually buy drops at least by 50. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It works. So this is a realistic look, Gail, at the pricing. And from here, you can make smart decisions of how you want to work your business. The other thing I want to make mention of with you is I don't know how you feel about wanting to bring in employees. You know, if you're retiring, you have a life, too, (laughs) that you finally get to get to in addition, right? Like this is part of it. But you you don't necessarily want to now jump into a whole nother big career. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Right? That's exactly where I am. I was a few weeks back at a trade show. It was called the Philadelphia Candy Show. And some people were coming to the booth and we were talking about the product that I sell with my other business. And we were talking and we got into this conversation a little bit. And virtually she was growing out of loving her business because she also was doing this as a retirement. And I'm like, nobody says you need to grow bigger. Like if you're making enough money... And you like where you're at and you're enjoying what you're doing, I give you permission just to stay where you are year over year and be successful with that. And she was like, I so needed to hear that. So (laughs) I'm saying that to you too. My sister's biggest concern for me is that it will take off crazy. And I said, no, it's my option whether it does. If I'm well, and I'm going to give you something to consider here. If you run with the prices that are realistic prices, if you want to go with benchmarking, you are upscaling your product, right? And limiting some people who are going to buy. But that gives you correct margin on the products that you're selling and having less production that you need to make. See? Okay. Yes, I agree. You're right. You're right. So something to think about there. And I'm not saying to do that with your existing wholesale accounts. Like if you raise your prices, honor your prices to them, especially if they're already paying for shipping, because that, you know, we all know that. So since you have a handful and you've worked with them for quite a while now, like I would do that to them. But as you're moving forward, 
you know, and this is again a judgment call for you, but it allows you to put less time into creating, even though I know that that's part of what you love, making more yeah. off of each piece and not slipping yourself into that frenzy. Really good idea. And is it okay to sell to different shops, different prices? It's okay, right? If you have an explanation for it, the wholesalers who have already been with you up to this point, honoring the prices or maybe a slight increase because your materials have gone up. Yeah. You have an explanation and a reason. You know, they've been with yeah. me for six years, time in. Yeah. Because sometimes people will talk with each other. You know, it kind of depends. Like if you open up to doing things in different states or something like that, you wouldn't have that issue. But you need to do what's right for your business, yet have an answer okay. for why. You know? Okay. So like that, again, I'll go back to my show because at the show, we'll have a lot of customers come to the booth and say hi. And, you know, we think we're pretty yeah. friendly. <laughs> you know, they want to, you know, they have questions or they're talking. So customers will talk to each other. And I have a rule in that business that the only time we discount product is when we're at a show, period. So when people are talking with each other, they, someone might say, oh, I got it at this price. And another person might say, gosh, I got it at a different price. And if they come to me, I can say, because you purchased online, this person was actually face-to-face -face at a show, which is where we discount our product. Like it's an explanation, right? Yeah, so just yeah. to have the answer to that question and very easily it can be existing people before I reset my pricing. And now is the perfect time to reset pricing because everything's going up, you know? Yeah. So I'm feeling like we can leave the pricing conversation at that for now. Okay. How does yes. that sit with you? Does you have enough information? Yes. Yes. My only question is in person, can I? Yeah. So let's talk it? about that next. Okay. So this would be the pricing based on benchmarking, which I think now, now you can always compare these numbers against what you feel is reality. Right. Like if we yeah. got to a jean jacket being one hundred and fifty dollars in the markets that you sell in, you would kick back and say, Sue, that's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. Right. So you, exactly. you you can look at these numbers and have faith that these are the numbers, but change mm -hmm. how you actually do sell accordingly. That's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. What the market will bear. Yeah. What the market will bear. But because of what your life goals are, push the right. market a little right. bit, know you're reducing your overall sales. And okay. even if like, listen, a company can sell a million dollars in revenue and not make a penny. And you could sell 50,000 and make 20,000. Yes, yes. You know, it all depends on how your prices are. That's why it's so important to get realistic on these numbers. And then you can decide yeah. what to do. But just then you have an informed choice of how you're going to set your pricing. So I opened up an Etsy shop probably two months ago, six weeks ago. Just a few items at the $70 price that the most of my boutiques are selling at. Mm -hmm. Nothing is moving. I get lots of looks. Is it okay? That's what I mean. Like, is it okay? I, I know my boutiques will be able to look at Etsy and see Eve Michael designs are less than what they are in their boutique. Any suggestions? <laughs> How do I pray? Yes, suggestions. Number one, don't put your best stuff necessarily on Etsy. 
Now, first off, you have to make sure you're working the Etsy platform properly. And that's way more conversation than we're going to do here today. Just because you put it on Etsy doesn't mean it's going to necessarily sell. It's kind of like when you start your Shopify site, like you've got to be getting people in, et cetera, with that. But to answer your question a little more directly, just put a couple of things there and that's it. And maybe put only the embroidered ones that are less expensive to make. Okay. And okay. simpler designs, you know, Yes, yeah. and that yes. might price it into what would sell on Etsy, but so that kind of thing. So you're not comparing apples to apples. Okay. Then the other thing I'll say is as you're walking into craft shows, mm-hmm. have different levels of pricing of jackets based on the embellishment. I will. That is right? a very good. Like idea. you could yeah. make some jackets that have just the tiniest bit of embellishment and sell them for less because your production time ends up only being half an hour, nothing, 40 minutes, right? something like that, so that you could have a couple of different levels. And then of course, talk about customization, adding people's names and all of that, then could either be depending on the shows that you go to, like, let's say you go to Mm -hmm. a show where there it's once a month, or you could say, I'll have it for you at the show next month. Or they can pay right. shipping for you to send it to them. So thinking through, you can think through shows a little bit differently than wholesale and make things that are only available at shows, which also then okay. helps you with that comparison with your wholesale accounts. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yes. That's a, yeah, that's a great idea. And adult jackets too there. I do have adult jackets that I haven't been doing that long, but I do more custom. Most of them are at as a request. I have quite a few Christian jackets that are asked that I get asked to make with crosses that are embroidered and whatnot on the back. So, mm-hmm. so far, I haven't really pushed my adult jackets. I would have those on display, maybe even two or three of them on display okay. that could be yeah. sold. Okay. And I see no reason why you don't price those at like $127. Oh, okay. Okay. See right. what happens. Right. Test the market. Yes, worst case is, worst case is you put them back in the car on the way home. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Right? I mean, you might be surprised. Right. Think yeah. about it. Women will spend that kind of money. And I don't think that that's overpriced for the market at all. Depends on what the markets are that the craft shows are in. Yes. So I have a client who sells her handmade shawls. She hand mm-hmm. dyes and makes the yarn and her shawls oh, wow. go for 230 to $500 at shows wow. or artisan wow. shows, right? Yeah. She selects yes. the right shows and she's in a similar situation as you. Like she can do this, but not as her full time right now. And so mm-hmm. she's got to limit. And quite honestly, the quality and the style and what she's doing is worth every penny, you know, of right, her shawls. Right, right. So. And that's the other thing. You have to have the mindset that you're worth it. Yep. It, sometimes that is a difficult mindset, mm-hmm. but yes. But look at how you built up the pricing. You're like, what yeah. we just talked about, you're not pulling the numbers out of thin air. You know? No. These no, are no, real no. numbers. And it's handmade and they're supporting a local artisan. And we could go on and on with some of that. Yes, <laughs> so. yeah. Yes, you're All right. right. Okay. So any, just to finalize this whole conversation on pricing, any other questions that are coming to mind for you right now? None, not really. You've hit everything. Thank you so much. Okay. You are so Thank welcome. You. And what are your next steps now? What are you going to do? I um, actually, I, the next step is what I had already had in mind was to go into a fall show 
Fall Custom Show. And figuring out the pricing was my biggest concern on what I would do with a fall art fair. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do some adult jackets, more adult jackets. And have a lower priced one too, there. Yes. A a show only one that you can whip out. Yes. 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 So, you know, and some of that is a test, right? Seeing what the market will bear, what people are attracted to. Bear in mind that it's Christmas. So there are going to be more people who will pay more because it's a gift for, you know, or for themselves. Right. I mean, I shouldn't say that they'll pay, pay more as a gift and not for themselves. <laughs> we, it, yes, that's so, buying, yeah. buying in general. Yeah. Yes. But, so there's a great opportunity there. I would also, and let's not get into that for this for the sake of time, but as much of your website as you can have up with the things that you want, have them there because okay. you know, people might like what you have, but it's just not the style that they're wanting. But then they right. would be able and collect emails at your shows, right? I yes, I do. Okay, that. and then then you'll be able to send them somewhere online where they can see things similar to what you have okay. for wholesalers. But then yeah. you'll be able to, to drive people over there for direct to consumer. Okay, okay. Thank you, Sue. You're wonderful. You really are. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Where can people who are listening look for your products? Eve Michael Dash custom dash designs eve michael dash what did you say custom Uh uh-huh dash design.com okay perfect and what is your shop on etsy my shop on etsy is eve michael designs best way to find them find it because etsy is so difficult is Mm -hmm. to search for fairy jackets (laughs) wonderful perfect Okay, well, this has been such a great conversation. And honestly, Gail, like I think that we're going to help a lot of people who are listening because this whole pricing thing can be a struggle. But, you know, like I said, if you drive down to get your best estimate of what these different elements are, then you still get to decide in the end what you're going to price it for. But you're coming from a much stronger position to understand and to speak better, right? Like knowing these numbers, you're going to be able to talk much more confidently when you're presenting the product. You know truly how much it costs. You're right. You're right. So wonderful. Well, thank you, Gail. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And I look forward to seeing where you take this. (laughs) Thanks so much. I'll keep you informed. Okay, wonderful. Bye for now. Bye-bye. If you haven't already reviewed your pricing to the detail that we've covered here, now's the time to do it. Or if it's been a while, please revisit it. Especially with our rising costs, you want to make sure your prices for both wholesale and retail are in line, and you're not spinning your wheels at break-even. It's very easy to let this slip, leaving you without dollars to invest to grow your business. Re-listen to this podcast if necessary and apply our discussion to your unique situation. Or sign up for a boost. Do you have questions about how to get your business started? Do you need ideas on how to increase sales? What about e-commerce or online marketing? These are all topics we can chat about. If you'd like to sign up for your own Gift Biz Boost, head over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash boost. This is a chance to get coaching at no cost to you, except for some of your time. And as you've just seen, you'll walk away with actionable steps to move you forward in a single area of your business. That link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash boost.
If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support, a rating and review is always fabulous because it helps get the show seen by more makers. It's a great way to pay it forward. And there's another way where you can get something tangible in return for your support, too. Visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items, like mugs, journals, water bottles, and more featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we've just added some new products for the season to the shop. Turnaround is quick, and the quality is top-notch. Nothing but the best for you. (laughs) Take a look at all the options at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases helps go to offset the cost of producing the show. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 